0: All right, this is the Miami Heat Index, another Heat cast. This guest is Big Shot Ron from the Section 357 show. And we're here to talk about everything you need to know about the NBA from the trade deadline to the finals. Big Shot Ron, how's it going? We're, We're About where I thought we were in some places, not where we were in others. I think we do know that the Heat and the Bulls are the two best teams in the East. I think we do know the Thunder are the best team in the West. But beyond that, there's not a lot that I believe we've got right. Um, as we go through this it, kind of what's happened so far. But hopefully we have better luck with what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the what's going to happen. Uh, we'll pick right up with the trade predictions we made before the season. So it's funny how things change. Before the season, it seemed like a lot that Dwight Howard was going to end up on the Lakers. And then the story came out that (laughs) Dwight met with Kobe, and Kobe told him he'd have to get in line in the pecking order. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Dwight doesn't want to go to the Lakers anymore. So who would you say is the the team that Dwight Howard is most likely to be traded to? I think if, if I'm a representative of Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard himself, you might as well at this point just wait. Because... He doesn't seem to be sure what he wants to do. To me, going to New Jersey slash Brooklyn is definitely a step down. And the team that you go to, you want to go there without them having to strip the team to get you like the Knicks did for Carmelo Anthony. So at this point, he might as well just kind of sit tight. Really? See, I, I, I disagree. I think uh on two points. One, I don't think he's I think he's made his mind up. You know, he told the team he wants to be traded, and he's never rescinded that uh, that request. So I, I think it's the Orlando Magic that is spinning it as if he doesn't he hasn't made his mind up. You know, I think that's Otis Smith. That's his handiwork. Uh, and I don't. The one thing about the Nets is the Nets have two players right now that are probably better than everybody else on the Magic, any of his teammates on the Magic. You know, Darren Williams is better than anybody else in the Magic right now, if they keep him. And I guess maybe Chris Humphries and Ryan Anderson is a push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand that, but see, if I'm Dwight Howard, I also look back to the Baron Davis situation of a couple years ago. Baron Davis left the Warriors to go to the Clippers under the assumption that Elton Brand was going to sign back with the Clippers. Elton Brandon turned around and went to the 76ers after Baron Davis signed, and the bad history kind of speaks for itself. So the thing, if I'm Dwight, I need to know if Darren Williams is surely going to stay. And Darren Williams has kind of played it coy too, that he's given no indication yes or no. Like they're kind of playing chicken with each other on this one. So that's why I'm not sure if the trade to Jersey works, if you're not real sure. Okay, that that's fair. And, well, here's the thing, right? They both, I guess Dwight Howard would actually make more money. Uh, yeah, okay, so. Well, the problem, though, is uh, I agree with you, it's better for Dwight Howard to wait. And it's better for Darren Williams to wait, right? Darren Williams has no incentive to extend his current contract with the Nets. He's better letting his contract end and then resigning with the Nets. So right. he has no motivation to sign off right now. But it's not in the Magic's best interest to wait. So who do you think is the best team for the Magic to trade him to then? Dwight Howard's wishes be damned. But if if Dwight Howard's wishes be damned, then if you're the Magic, you say, Western Conference contender who does not care or can afford to not re in the summer. Like, is there somebody in the West who thinks, hey, we get Dwight, we win the title this year and we'll worry about this summer when it gets here. Do you go to Dallas and say, hey, no, do you take one more shot at it? I mean, do you go to Houston, who all of a sudden has gone from a team that I don't think either one of us had making the playoffs to now number four in the West and say, Daryl Morey, since you think you're the smartest dude in the room and you love a uh, big man, <laughs> what do you want for Dwight Howard if you think you're right there? So I think, to me, Western Conference contender makes the most sense at this point. Or a team who just doesn't care or doesn't have that big a deal if he doesn't come back. Yeah, but what team is going to be willing to give Orlando anything of quality if they don't think they'll keep Dwight Howard for next season? Right. I think that's kind of the... the the tugging the back and forth that Dwight Howard, why he has to, he doesn't have to. Why Dwight Howard said, Hey, I want to go to New Jersey. I'm going to sign with them in the summer. Regardless, do what you have to do the way Carmelo did with the Knicks. It'd be a lot easier move to make, but he's unsure. He's not really saying anything. So I think that's where the, that's why I'm kind of with maybe just go ahead and keep him and see what happens. Yeah, but see, I mean that that's the bad move to make. You know, they can't just let him walk for nothing. I mean, you're better off at the very least. You're better off getting draft picks for him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, do you? So, okay, so let's go with that. I mean, do you go? Do you offer him to Golden State and just just give me Monte Ellis and David Lee and a couple picks and just just call it a day? Well, Golden State's got the same problems they're not going to give up David Lee and picks (laughs) (laughs) for 30 games with Dwight Howard, you know? So I I guess I would say this. I guess they could always wait to the end of the year, don't trade him, and then just do a signing trade. I guess they could do that. Or are you better off if you're Orlando? Let's try to make a move that makes him happy. And then we'll try this again in the summer. What do you mean? Um, at one point early in the year, there was Gerald Wallace talk. Dwight Howard has, has apparently said he wanted Steven Jackson or Monte Ellis. and has oh. ever went through on it. Do you make that move and say, Dwight, here you go. we brought two guys you wanted. Stay. Well, the problem there is <laughs> the team <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> see, see, see this, this is why this, his situation is so Gray, has so much gray area to it because I don't know what he because there's not I don't I don't know what he wants, to do. and he's not being clear the way Carmelo was. That see I see I, I think he's been clear. He wants to go to New Jersey, uh, and I, I think in the end the magic is gonna have to eat it. They're gonna have to suck it up, take back Brook Lopez or whatever other garbage that they're offering, and you know Otis Smith is, you know pack his bags and walk out the door because. I um, don't. I just. I can't see this deciding to just do a sign and trade with him at the end of this. At the end of the year, you know, in July. Right. Especially since they've kind of taken away the incentive of the sign and trade with this new CBA. So yeah. That, that. Well, maybe Otis just do it. Just make you a move and, and let the next man deal with the mess. I don't know. I, I think at this point, I just. I, I guess for me. I don't understand the, the infatuation with Jersey slash Brooklyn other than Mikhail Prokhorov and Jay Z. Like I don't understand why he wants to be there so badly if that's the case. I, well see, I think it's I think it's not too much he wants to be there is he wants to play with Darren he wants to play with another star. Darren Williams is probably the best star he can land next to. And still be able to do, make his movies and all of that good stuff. That's what I think. I mean, he's got the relationship with Flavor Unit. You know, he was in Just Right a while ago, a couple months of last year. So right. he got the connection there. Flavor Unit's right there near Brooklyn. So he can make his movies. He gets to play with a star. I think that, I mean, so it's for him, I think it's just best case scenario, but we'll see. So you don't, you don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think he goes anywhere simply because unless he has gone to Orlando Magic and just flat out said, send me there, I don't know what, with all the gray area, I don't know really what you're supposed to do. And I don't think you're going to be able to find a team who's going to take him as a rental. He's too big a star to take as a rental. Right. Okay. So what about... The other trade. So the other, another trade you thought might happen was, uh, you said Monte Ellis and Rudy Gay won't end the season on their respective teams. You still feel that way? I think Monte. I think Monte is probably the, is gonna be gone, and I, I think Mark Jackson understands that that backcourt together, even though one of them has bad feet. I think the undersized backcourt thing is too much. I think Monte will be gone. Memphis, I think if they can move Rudy Gay, they still will. The problem with that is, do you really want to play OJ Mayo primary minutes as small forward instead of two guard? So, Monte, I still feel pretty good about getting dealt. Rudy Gay, at this point, not as much. All right, where do you see Monte going? I think if you're, again, if you're Orlando, you have to ask. I think if you are the Pacers, you should be asking. Um, I'm pretty sure Gold State will try to not trade them inside the way. I think Indiana, Orlando, you should ask. Um, those are probably the two I would say have the best shot of the Eastern of the people who are in the playoff hunt in the East. All right, now here's the question about that, then. Why, why would the Pacers want Monte Ellis when they have Paul George? Because I, you can move Paul George to the three. You got Danny Granger though. That's the guy that would go the other way. For me, if, if I'm Indiana, oh. he'd have to go. Oh. With Danny Granger. Because they, <clears> we've <throat> had the you, you and I've had this discussion. While Indiana's having a good year, if Danny Granger is your best player, right. you. You all want it done. Well, here's the question, then, though: know, If I'm if I'm Golden State, why do I want Danny Granger when I got Darrell Wright for less money? The heat, you have Darrell Wright for less money. Who shoots better than Danny Granger. Who shoots again. But maybe Darrell Wright is another piece you move. So I think with, with Golden State, between Curry, Ellis, and Wright, and David Lee, which two do you like the best out of those four? Curry and Lee. You like Curry and Lee, so then Wright and Monte would be the two that you can go. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not. If I'm Golden State, I don't have any problems with with Darrell right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's not a problem. He's not somebody you're you're dying to get rid of. Right. And, but um, I think if you're looking for what can you move, because like Golden State has to bring back. They got to bring back a big man though. So unless I, I'm getting Roy Hibbert from Indiana. You know, if I'm Golden State, I'm not talking to, to Golden to Indiana, about Danny Granger. We're we having a conversation about Roy Hibbert. Hey, I, I still think... Okay, so if you think Ellis is not Indiana, Orlando, maybe no real track to pieces, do you think he's... Do you think he goes somewhere else? See, this is the problem. So I thought Monte I picked Monte to move, too. And then I started looking for a team that he would go to. And... I can't find any playoff team that needs Monte Ellis. With the exception of the Clippers. And I don't think the Warriors would trade him in a division. You know, because that doesn't make any sense. And the Clippers aren't going to give up a big man anyway. So. Would you trade him? <sighs> I mean, he could go to Minnesota. But I don't know. Do you give up Pekovic for Monte Ellis? If I'm Minnesota, I like Pekovich. But if you tell me we have Kevin Love, mm, I could see it. But again, you get a similar situation with Monte Ellis and Rubio as you have Monte Ellis and Curry. Well, Ruby, no. But Rubio is off the ball. I mean, Rubio's not a guy who pounds the ball. But you want Rubio and love to be like running that pick and roll, pick and pop. Right. If we know Monte is not exactly Rip Hamilton off the ball. Like Monte Ellis is not gonna run off screen. Right. He wants the ball on that wing top of the key. him. Right. And I think they'd rather have Luke Rittenauer than Monte anyway. I mean right now I have Luke Rittenauer playing the two. So if you're gonna just get Monte, well you still got another small guard. Monte's stronger than Luke Rittenauer, but you still got an undersized two guard. So it doesn't really fix your problem there. Um, you can't send him to Utah to run point because he'll destroy the offense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he could go to the Hornets, but what in the hell do they get back from him? Chris Cayman? Hmm, nah, I don't either. Yeah, see, I I think Monte might just be they might just be stuck. Like to be honest with you, the Warriors may just stink for another 15 years. And uh, yeah. Steph Curry ends up rejuvenating his career in Phoenix. <laughs> Monte, Monte has, yeah, Monte has all the looks of 25 points a game on 35 win teams for the rest of his life. Right. Teams guy, because you're right. There isn't really. Do you look? Do you talk to Memphis? They don't. I mean, with, to be honest with you, I mean, they don't really need him either. Yeah. I mean, and then well, who's the big man that, that you want from Memphis? They're not giving up Mark Um, so I don't know what else they would want. They're not giving up Zebo. Uh the kid, the red loafer, blew out his Achilles. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I think I think the market kind of dried up for Monte. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, I, I think so, man. So Golden State, Mark Jackson, good luck, Godspeed. Yeah, pretty much. We, we tried to help you. Right. But I think they definitely need to get rid of him because to me, their backcourt should be Curry and Clay Thompson. But if Curry's never going to be healthy, then, you know, I guess you just got to sink to the bottom of the division with Monte Ellis every year. But you got to move one of them. Maybe somebody will still be able to take Curry. I don't know. All right. So the second set of second-half predictions we had was uh, scandal predictions. Planned. We have a very situation. It's all right. So, in terms of scandal, uh, you know, my prediction for a scandal was that Derrick Rose's <laughs> sexually deviant behavior would be ex- would be exposed. Sexual deviant, that is Derrick Rose. Right. Now, here's what I'll say. We haven't had any rumors since the season started. But don't you think the f- he comes off as so uptight, like not dancing at the All-Star game? Don't you think there's a lot of repression going on there? I, I don't want to... I don't know if he's repressing deviant behavior, but I for one, I was one of the full I, I think there's something with, I think his brothers have put such a wall of isolation around him pretty much his entire life. I don't know if he's really capable of, of breaking out of this shell. Like I, I think his brothers and his mothers have him so wrapped up so tight Keep women away and keep bad investment people away and to keep just they, that's just such a cocoon and getting to him is so tough that I think he's just kind of assumed that he's assumed that persona for himself I'm not going to do anything I'm not going to smile hardly I'm not going to expose myself that I'm having a lot of fun like I, I just think they protect him to the point that he's just become that and hmm. hey, you don't think that that's going to blow up one day I hope not. I hope we don't have a situation of the, the, you know, we all know people who were so protected when they were in high school, they went away to college and lost their mind. I I hope that when Derek doesn't turn 27, 28, I'm really, truly a grown man, he doesn't snap out and he snap out. But I just think that's kind of what they've done. They just they've made a big, big point since he's like a sophomore in high school that we are going to protect him at all costs. Interesting. Well, I mean, I understand protecting you when a lottery ticket. But uh, I would say this. If my prediction comes, turns out to be wrong this season, if he doesn't start showing some personality next season, like I, I'll cut him slack until next season because Durant's finally starting to show some personality this year. But if Rose don't start showing some personality next season, then it's a wrap. I think he's, he's going down in flames. Well, he'll be 25. I think once he turns 25, he'll be 25 in 2013. Right. So I'm gonna give him till his 25th birthday to see what is the other side, if there is another side. And, and, he, and honestly, not and Obviously, I'm not rooting for sexually deviant behavior. Man. No, I but know. I, I would like to know if the kid actually does have another side. To him. Right, that's, and that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant to say. If he doesn't start showing his personality at 25, then I think it's gonna blow up a scandal, like I predicted. Like, because it's interesting. Michael Jordan again. Anytime you say Derrick Rose, Michael Jordan, people lose their mind. Michael Jordan was a lot like this the first five years he was in the league. And then after about the fifth year, then we started finding out what Mike really was. We found out that Mike liked the party, that Mike liked gambling, that Mike liked golf. And he liked brown liquor and cigars. We figured this out after about the fifth year in the league. So maybe once Derek has got to about five years in the league and you kind of stop caring as much. We'll see what the other side is. Well, yeah, the other difference, though, is, you know, Mike kind of flew under the radar because, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were bigger stars, and Mike hadn't won anything. Right. But, you know, Derrick Rose was MVP last year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He was voted as, you know, the favorite athlete for the Professional Basketball Writers Association to cover. So he's in the spotlight. Mm Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's I think it's a little different than Jordan. I guess what I'm saying. Michael's still living his life. There was nobody covering his life. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the media coverage was a lot different. Yeah, to say All right. So your prediction was that Daryl Morey snitches on what really happened to the Lakers CP3 trade with the uh, Rockets and Hornets. And it just so happens that as we record this, Morey is hosting his Sloan Sports Analytics Conference at Harvard. So my question for you is, do you think your prediction comes out this weekend? <laughs> I, it could, because he can't help himself. He, he's, he's the smartest guy in the room, regardless of the fact that his teams haven't gotten out the first round, regardless of the fact that for all his, his saber metrics and all that, it's not working. So he could come out this weekend kind of in, in conversation, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it because I think he just he can't help himself. Okay. Uh, and to be fair, they, he did get one. He did have one team that got out the first round that year. They beat the Blazers and lost to the Lakers when Yao Ming broke his foot. Yeah, that's true. We'll give him that one. We'll that one. <laughs> but you know, that could have been a result of running into a team with a worse streak, the Blazers. Yeah, I'm just not a fan, man. of Guys who think that that's smart. And you don't really have anything that says you are. Exactly. It's a meme <laughs> He's a hustler. That's what them got out of me. He just convinced everybody that he's a hustler. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right, moving right along. Regular season of war predictions. So before the season, I predicted Greg Popovich. That's looking pretty good. Yeah, uh, I like this one right now, too. You predicted Lionel Hollins. Where do you, got, where you have Lionel Hollins at right now? He's a, he's a Zebo knee injury. I mean, if you look at the team, they're 20 and 15 as we, as we record this, which in the craziness of the West is seven. They're three, four games better if Zebo's playing. Like, I, don't, I think Memphis, honestly, would be a better team than at least the Lakers with Zebo. I think they're better than Dallas. The way Dallas has played this year, they'd be better than Dallas. They'd be better than, you, be better than the Lakers. Dude. So Memphis is probably about three seeds behind. Okay. Where they and most of that's due to the injury. So, but you know injuries are part of the game. So, I, I can't give Lionel any coach of the love for that. But they're still right there, and I just think it'll be interesting to see what happens once Zeebo's back. Okay. So if he if they were uh fourth in the uh, if the Grizzlies were fourth in the West, do you think Hollins would get coach of the year consideration with that record, or do you think he still come up short? I think he still come up short because San Antonio has been so good. Uh, Indiana has been a lot better than we thought. Philadelphia has been a lot better. So he'd still be behind, but he'd be closer. All right, let's talk about Alfredo's uh, prediction, which was for Scott Brooks. Now, Scott Brooks won it last, no, I'm sorry, he won it two years ago. So, does Thunder have the best record in the West? Do you think he gets it above Popovich this year? Or does he get Popovich run for his money? Or do you think he could... I, I think he finishes second. Hmm. Okay. I, think he, just like, I think San Antonio, because Ginobili has missed so much time, Duncan is old, and the media just, they love Pop as a coach. And I think there's still a factor of Scott Brooks is just rolling the balls out and these kids are kind of doing <laughs> their own thing. So I, I still think Pop is going to edge Brooks out, but Brooks probably is number two. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. All right. Executive of the year. You and I made the same prediction, and that was that Glenn Grunwald, the interim GM for the Knicks, was going to get it. Um, now, the question here is, this is an interesting question, <laughs> because I don't think anybody's going to give it to him. But one, it was kind of risky for us to predict that an interim GM was going to win the Executive Year Award. That's probably never been done before. Exactly. Uh, and then the second part of it is, if he does win it, it's going to be for Jeremy Lin, and I'm not sure he would get credit for that. Whereas we all thought he would get it because of Tyson Chandler, I think because he lucked into Jeremy Lane, I, I I would rescind that prediction. I don't because because Tyson Chandler, from what I've seen, he's made differences in spurts. He hasn't been consistent like he was in Dallas. Well, so I'm, I'm not I'm not happy with the so the Grun the Grunwald pick. Um, I ain't feeling good about that one right now. Oh, uh, see, I disagree. I think Chandler's been everything that they expected. I, yeah, I mean, if you just go by the numbers, uh-huh. by the numbers, he's had he's had a better season than Dwight Howard. In terms hey. in terms of wins produced, he's uh, he's right ahead. He's ahead of Dwight Howard, right behind LeBron. Oh, he's I now mean, he's two wins behind LeBron, one win ahead of Dwight Howard. So he's had a good season, but it's just the rest of the team was so freaking bad that it's not it's not showing. It wasn't oh. showing until they got a competent point guard, you know. Of course. I mean, just the real question is how bad would they have been if they didn't have Tyson Chandler? Oh my goodness! Right, they be the Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, if Jeremy Lynn and Tyson Chandler. Who, who would have thought have saved that season from right. being what it? Should be with you. They should be lottery bound. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Glenn is kind of. It's funny because Jeremy Lin saved that franchise, but kind of sc- <laughs> screwed Grunwald out of any recognition. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it'll get him a job though. You know, maybe he won't be interim any longer. Uh All right. So, who do you think will get executive of the year? Big shot. I'm uh, big shot. Ron. Alfredo thought it was going to be Neil O'Shea for the Clippers. That one looks pretty good. I, I think the clipper story, the fact that they've just been this morbid franchise for so long, that one looks pretty good. He would be, he'd probably be my lead dog in the clubhouse right now. Really? See, I would. I always thought he had no chance because everybody's gonna give David Stern the credit for that trade. Yeah. Oh yeah. He definitely has an asterisk on it. <laughs> <laughs> on it for sure. But well, we'll give it to him. But he got to take that asterisk. Ah. Uh. Hmm. Yeah, this is kind of a tough war. I'm going to say then that I can't pick it right now until after the trade deadline. So, uh, who's going to make a big trade at the deadline? Damn. Probably nobody. You know what? I'm going to give it to Billy King. I said Dwight Howard's going to the Nets, so I'm going to go out on the limb and say Billy King's going to get it. If he can get Dwight Howard. If he can pull it, we can give him some some Late game credit. Now, I just don't know if anybody's done any other than the, the big Chris Paul trade. Nothing's really happened that you could say, oh man, that was like a great move. Right. That's really worked for anybody other than the Clippers. Right. All right. Most improved player. Uh, I had Eric Gordon. That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, I know mine's not happening. I'm not even worried about this question. You had DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's dead. I'm not even worried about that. So, so, who do you think has been most improved so far in the season, and will, will, who do you think will be most improved by the end of the season? I think, if, I think if going they, they, again, they typically award this award to guys on playoff teams and guys who, and guys who are winning. If you're not being a hater. LeBron should, could win it. <laughs> I mean he's not going to get it. I'm just saying if you look at based on everything that was last year and you go into some of the advanced numbers and percentages it's better. It's significantly better. And if you want if you want so to me you go LeBron, but let's say LeBron had no chance of winning that. Right. I could see I could see Roy Hibbert if you want to go there. As a, as a contender, I think Kyle Lowry, who had a pretty good year last year and is now kind of really was a borderline all-star. Those are probably be the two guys, if you want to tell me, most improved, Hibbert or Lowry. Okay. Now, I would say if you want to pick most improved from the Heat, is I think Mario Thomas is a better case than LeBron. Not that LeBron has improved, um, but, you know, in terms of his shooting, everybody's making a big deal out of attendance. LeBron's shooting percentage has gone up the last three seasons. Okay. So, you know, he, he just – it's kind of scary. He's the best player in the game, and he's been getting smarter all the time. Um, so I see your I see your argument, but no former MVP is gonna get most improved. Uh, and I don't think trauma's is gonna win it because he doesn't score enough points. Now, if Trauma took as many shots as Norris Cole and shot the same percentage, <laughs> <laughs> the award would be his. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I think you're right. I think it's gonna be Roy Hibbert. I think I mean he he, he got an All Star nomination. Uh, I think it's his to win. The, the the crazy thing is, you know he's a free agent at the end of the season, right? Unrestricted uh, or restricted? Uh, he's restricted. So. Your Golden State. You have to you have to try. Well, this is the crazy thing, though. Boy <laughs> Hibbert, do you think Warren Hibbert is a max player? I if Kevin Love isn't. He can't be. Well, Kevin Love got max money. He just didn't get max years. Okay. If Roy Hibbert, I could, I could five for fifty-five is about right. That's right. Right. If the because what De, didn't DeAndre Jordan get something like that? Right. Yeah. If he should be able to get DeAndre Jordan's contract. That's fair. The, the only difference I would say between him and DeAndre Jordan. Because uh, I, mean, I have a checkered pass with Roy Hibbert, because I'm a George San Jose fan, all right. And so every year for the last, or the last two seasons in my fantasy league, I end up picking up Roy Hibbert, because I spent all my money on the perimeter, right? So I never had money for, for a center. And so I end up picking up Roy Hibbert at some point in the season, and he has a good run, because you know Roy Hibbert starts off every season looking good, and then he dies at some point around 30 games. He just dies and never comes back. And so I am still need to see Roy Hibbert have a good second half. Personally, I don't think he will. <laughs> yeah, Roy's, I think like any big man, unless you're like Dwight Howard, any big man over about 260, 270 conditioning and wear and tear is a problem. I think that's why Roy probably doesn't get a Max Nor, Deonor- I mean, and also I also don't think his production says that he should. But I think if you're a in a league that lacks true centers, yeah, he can, he can he's going to get paid by somebody yeah, because yeah. they're just in such a dirt the position. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair to Roy Hedbert, I mean, from everything I hear, he's a workout maniac. I know he spent the offseason working with Tim Duncan. He's got asthma, so that affects his conditioning somewhat, but we'll see. All right, sixth man of the year. I picked James Harden before the season. You pick Lamar Odom. <laughs> He's the sixth man for the. Is it the Austin Toros or I don't know where Lamar Lamar's going? It's the, the Texas defense. Uh, the Texas team. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, well we definitely know that pick is, is, is off. Awesome. Yeah, you got me on that one. Hands down. I throw the white towel in on that one. So the, <laughs> the, the Texas Legends. Texas uh, Legends. Okay.
1: So you think yeah. James
0: Harden's gonna get the uh, six man of the year? I, I don't see why not. I I think his not only 'cause I mean, he's scoring, but his 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 efficiency is good. Um, he he's not playing like the bogus Earl Bailey 35 minutes a Utah. He's right. playing like legitimate six man minutes, and he's still getting his numbers. Yeah, I'm James Harden for sure. Okay, okay, I'm with you there. Defensive Player of the Year. I gave the ball some love and said Joe Kim Noah would win it. You and Alfredo thought Dwight Howard would win it. Where are you at with it? Dwight, again, yeah, just because numbers. Um, I just think his, his rebound numbers are still there, his block numbers are still there. Joe King should finish higher in the balloting. Joe King should probably finish top three, but I just I think Howard's numbers and what he's, his quantifiable numbers are just too high. I agree with you. For some reason, Everybody's hating on Noah this year, saying he's not he's not having as good of a season. Do you do you agree with that? You disagree? He got he had a, a a terrible start, and he's kind of gotten rhythm. I think the thing with Joe I Noah, this is the other thing about Defensive Player of the Year. Joe Noah as an individual one on one defender mm-hmm. is K. I mean, he's he's probably above average. Joe Noah's thing is is the help defense and being there, he kind of gets his hands on a lot of balls, helps defense. He's not a great post defender. He's a good post defender, but he's not great. But he's gotten better. If if he hadn't gone for of such a terrible start, he would be. He would get more consideration. Okay. I think uh, I think Howard win it, and I'm and I'm going back to my trade prediction because if he ends up getting traded to the Nets, who have currently the worst defense in the NBA, and they suddenly become average just because they have Dwight Howard, that's gonna clench it. Yeah. You know, like if the Nets end up making a late playoff run and they're doing it with defense, that's it. He wins the award. He's gonna win the award hand down. Uh all right, rookie of the year. You had Kyrie Irving, good pick. Like an idiot, I picked Kenneth Fareed, uh, who just started getting some playing time recently and he's got some highlights. But uh, he's got no shot to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, but while we're on the topic of free, did you see he, when he kicked Kirk Thomas in the face? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. See, Kenneth, man, Kenneth is a rough dude from Newark. That's right. And, you know, if, if you like, I'm sure if you read up on his story, he, he's, his got his story is real interesting, and just his his upbringing, and he's he looks like the type that if you say the wrong thing. He, he'll kick you or you'll get punched straight up. You know, newer guys are not a joke, man. Brick City. Brick <laughs> City. But, I mean, he didn't kick Kirk Thomas on purpose, but it was just the fact that Kirk, I mean, I didn't expect Kirk Thomas to be slumped over from a kick in the face. It, it was like watching the UFC fight. I mean, yeah, that was crazy. I, uh, yeah. All right. Carvey Irving have any competition the year? Rubio only if they make the playoffs. Yeah, see, I don't think Rubio's any because I have Rubio on my fantasy team, and outside of the first two three weeks of the season, he stunk. Like he just gets worse and worse every week. And then I, I saw him. I actually went. I was in Minnesota, and so I went to the game before the all star break against the Jazz. And he got so frustrated with the refs that uh, Adamman couldn't put him back in in the fourth quarter. I mean, Brad Miller tried to talk to him on the bench to get his head back into the game, but he was completely out of it. And so they went with JJ Barea almost the entire fourth quarter. Whereas you know, I, I never see Kyrie go through that. You know what I'm saying? But they said that was a thing about Rubio coming off of the whole Olympics in in '08. Was that? I think it was like Jim Bayheim and a couple of USA coaches said they know that he that he's already got the the complaint to the ref thing down pretty good for NBA player. Oh, wow. and this was like four years ago. So that's. And that observation, I think, kinda of coincides with what people have said about him kind of quietly, that you know, he gets frustrated when calls are his way. And right. Just like a lot of young point guards, like I hate to say his name, Jeremy Lynn, that the league eventually finds you out. Right. So he kind of coming back to what he is. So I think it's still Kyrie. Kyrie, I think, has, has gotten a big enough league that I don't think Ruby is gonna be able to catch him beyond some miracle happening. I got you. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked by it because I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, but it was just he was. I mean, and it wasn't just him either. I mean, the whole team He and Kevin Love just took themselves out of the game. They were they were frustrated. I mean, they're frustrated playing with the bad talent that they have on the team, and they got frustrated with the refs. But they were at home. It was it was bad. Uh, all right, let's get to the big ones now. MVP. If it's not LeBron James, you do never be you'll never win it again. <laughs> I, I I just there, there's not to use David Stern's quote there's not there's not a basketball reason I think okay now before the season started I picked Chris Paul and you and Alfredo picked Durant so where do you rank them in the MVP voting LeBron I think it's LeBron it should be it should be LeBron Paul Durant hmm. but I can go with those two switched I can't go with anybody but LeBron is the number one right now it, it, All right, there's, gonna, there's no reason why this should be yeah, okay here's where I throw the monkey wrench in then so before I pick Chris Paul I threw Dwayne Wade I threw Dwayne Wade out there and I, and I changed it now here's where I make the case for Dwayne Wade okay Since Dwayne Wade came back from his, you know, nine games missed due to injury, he has been more productive than LeBron James. According to, you know, estimated wins produced on a per minute basis, not overall, because, you know, Wade plays less minutes. So when they start blowing somebody out, you know, Wade's going to stop at 27 minutes. (laughs) But on a per minute basis, he's been more productive than LeBron, which is crazy. If Dwayne, if, if this continues for another thirty-some games, he could be, he could be that horse, the horse that kind of gets along the side rail at the end of the race. I just think LeBron is just playing right now at a level, his efficiency, how he's really controlling both ends of the floor now. I just don't see how it's not him, unless he just, unless he has a slump of some type. If if he's healthy, the rest of this. I don't see how it's not him. And, and anything but him shows to me that we're never gonna get over the decision. Well this and this is so this is where I bring in what Alfredo said when I asked him about it last week. Alfredo says he could see Wade winning it as to throw it in LeBron's face. <laughs> like it's the media giving the F you to LeBron, like, you know what, we're not gonna give it to you, we're gonna give it to Dwayne Wade instead. And 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 Sam- I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I, I, you know, you can, you can, hate can only blind you for so long. <laughs> I, I, I watched the, the, the Trailblazer game last night. Yeah, Wayne Way had a big game, but you watch LeBron at this point, it's, you know, it's, it's awe inspiring in a, a lot of cases. And I just think he, if, if, if I could see if his numbers were down because he's playing with the big three, whatever. These are better numbers than he had in Cleveland. Right. With better players. Right. So, to me, it's him. it should be him in a walk. Okay. All right. Let's round out the uh, All NBA first team. So, before the season, we had Chris. Well, all right. I picked Chris Paul as the point guard. You and I prayed to pick Derrick Rose. I've converted. I think Derrick Rose is now the best point guard in the league. Uh, what? Say it again. Well, what's so what's this up, this is an upset right here. This no, what? it's because I'm t- after watching what he did to Chris Paul in L. A. It's clear he's the best point guard in the league. Okay. I mean, you can't go into another man's house, give him 29. What do you give him? Like 29, 15, and nine, or something crazy like it, that. The easy. An easy near triple double. Right. Yeah. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't that, that's the conversation in the right there. So I mean, I have to be a fool to come in and say otherwise. Okay. Uh, and then we had the rest of them. We were, we were all the same. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, White Howard. Have you seen anything that makes you think the season's gonna end without that being the All NBA first team? I could see a scenario. If assuming they don't do position discipline in the backcourt. I could very easily see Kobe and Chris Paul. Wow. I could see it. Don't agree with it, I could see it. And I think if you're going to make an argument for one or the other, I could make the argument that the whole Clipper story and Lob City and Chris Paul has had a real, real effect on that team. And I think there's got to be something to that. So I could see a Chris Paul Kobe first team all NBA backcourt. Not necessarily great with it, but I can see it. Wow. Oh, man. I'm telling you, you don't, uh, I would lose it if that happened. <laughs> I know you would lose it. I know you would lose it. I could see it. I, I, I think, it, because with NBA riders, the default, their default argument is always can be, well, he missed too many games. With Dwayne Wade. They they, they that's, they, if they are, that's their one fallback on anything. Nine games is gonna be considered too much. In a short, in a short season, yeah, they give it. They, they, can, they can. I mean, again, they can. You can find any reason you want to, and that's the one they'll use. But I see, think Dwayne Wade is a first team All NBA performer. Um, the streak he's been on recently says that. But I can see. The only way right. I can see. I mean, I can see. Picking Chris Paul over Derrick Rose if Rose gets hurt, like if the toe and the back continue to be problems in the second half, and he keeps sitting, you know, games out every two weeks or something like that, and so he ends up missing a good chunk of time where they end up shutting him down or something like that. I could see that, like if they decide to shut him down for the month of April and like, he's ready for the that, playoffs. I think Derek is couldn't might not get it for that same reason. Who? That, that Derek may not be first. Of- First team all NBA. That's the only like, but that's the only thing I can see keeping him out is inability to play. Like he just if he's hurt. Um but I think man, I think injuries is a weak excuse for Wade. <laughs> hey, but you know when we when we see award voting in the NBA in past years, we've seen worse reasons. Like Carl Malone got an MVP simply because we tired we tired of giving it to Michael Jordan. That's true. <laughs> that's true. See, we've seen, the big argument the other day, back and forth. There's no way Steve Nash was MVP two times in a row. No, it was not. Okay. <laughs> That's true.
1: Well, so let, let, let me
0: ask you this question then: If Wade completely annihilates Kobe on Sunday, doesn't and doesn't miss any games for the rest of the season, is I don't see, and th- in that scenario, I don't see how they don't get some first team. If, if Dwayne Wade stays healthy, same pace, he should be because he is. If you want to go by the definition of first-team All-NBA being one of the best five players in, in the league, then yes, he should be. We just have seen stranger things happen when it comes to NBA riders and awards. Right. So I'm thinking, <laughs> If he does something to the level of what Rose did to Chris Paul in L.A., I'm talking like Dwayne Wade goes out tomorrow or Sunday drops 30 plus holds Kobe to 10. Yeah, like I can see it then, I, and, I, and I think another reason I think he should get it is because I think we 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 should be over well, the media should be over the decision, and they should be over the whole big three thing. And just start looking at you with your eyes, and your eyes are telling you Dwayne Wade is the first team All NBA player. Your eyes tell you LeBron James is the MVP. We have to let's get past that and hey, let's start voting on what's risk really, on what on reality. And they gotta they gotta stop looking at the empty scoring totals. I mean, yeah, Kobe's leading the league in scoring. Show me somebody that takes more shots than Kobe. Man, I tell you what though, that whole, that old man is a determined scorer. Like, even Mike at 34 would calm down some night. Like, hey, tonight's gonna be a 15 shot night. This dude doesn't care about the fact that he's old and whatever he get. He's getting his regardless. Well, you know, he got so else. Oh, no, he's looking at the names on that all time record list. Oh, he, he, knew he was, he was, he, yeah, he's big game hunting. He knows he could pass Shaq, Oscar Robson. He's big game hunting. That's why he's going out there and scoring like that. Uh, all right. So you already told, we'll wrap it up with the, uh, you already named the contenders. Uh, you think the Thunder have that far ahead of everybody in the West? There's no competition? Uh, yeah, because I think even even if Ginobili comes back healthy, I think James Harden is the antidote for that. And, and unless you're going to tell me Kawhi Leonard and Richard Jefferson are going to guard Kevin Durant. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> good good luck throwing that combo out there. The Clippers, I think it's too much to ask the Clippers to go from that bad to NBA Finals in one year. Okay. It just, it just doesn't happen like that. Like I, I know we, we have a little back and forth sometimes about history and all, but to me, you telling me from 12th best team in the West to, to one step from a championship? I love Chris Paul too, but no. Nah. Well, I mean, we saw Jason Kidd do that in New Jersey, though. Yeah, he, he yes, Jason Kidd did do so, but that was also one of the dark times in the in the league. Like the East was horrific. <laughs> right, but what better chance for for the Clippers to do it than during this uh, a lockout shortened season? I there, I can see that, but I, I think OKC and San Antonio, I think, still right now. Okay. Our contender. I agree um, with you. I was just trying to play devil's advocate. No, no. I mean, it's a decent argument. There's it's no question about it. I, I just think that's a lot of history to play. To be that bad, all the bad that the Clippers have been, to tell me in the, one year they go to the finals. Right. And so that's that's working against a lot. All right. So in the last update that we did in January, uh, we picked the Hornets and the Pistons as the worst teams in the league. And both of those teams have gone on winning streaks in February. So who do you nominate now for the worst team in the league? Oh, it's, it's got to be MJ's. <laughs> the, the, the Charlotte MJ's have to be. Like that's that's crazy. Like, like I understand it's, it's it's a lot of teams in the league. Probably like there's probably about four teams too many, but they are they are. unwatchable. Hey, like, I thought I said that about Detroit. But Detroit, at least I got Brandon Knight. I got some Greg Monroe going on. Right. I something. Charlotte, I don't see anything. Not even Kimball Walker. There's nothing on Charlotte I can look at and say, we're going to be okay in two, three years. Did you hear what uh, Jeff Van Gundy said today at that Sloan Sports Analytics Conference about the mm-hmm. Bobcats? What did he say? He, he said Paul Stiles deserves Church of the Year because they're, they're trying to lose games, and he's managed to win four of them. Jeff is cold, man. But like, there's they they, 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 are. I mean, we always say, "Oh, man, this is the worst team I ever seen." It's not, a, it's not an understatement that if they were playing a full 82 season game season, they would challenge that record. They're gonna challenge it this year. Like they might. I guess if you prorate the nine to a 66 game season. Uh, it comes down to what? It comes down to seven wins. They might not get seven. I don't. I don't see how. How do you get seven? <laughs> I mean, they, they. I'm thinking they might set the record for most 40-point losses. How do you? Gerald Henderson is your best player. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, at this point, I'm almost willing to say Bismack Biambo is their best player. I'm real close to it. He's one. The fact that he, that that's even a, a consideration. Right. Yes. Like BJ Mullins. Right. minutes for you. Like real minutes. <laughs> <laughs> man. Hang hey, man. I don't know. MJ has, MJ has lost his mind with that. Like, it's, it's by design, though. You know, it's what he said he wanted. He said he wanted to lose. Okay. Careful what you wish for. Oh, man, if you want to lose, you have certainly, if this was your goal, oh, yeah. That's what he said when he traded Jared Wallace, right? He said he didn't want to be stuck as a bottom-tier playoff team. That's why they traded Jared Wallace and Tyson Chandler. Okay. Have fun. My God. Like, think about it. If they had Jared Wallace and Tyson Chandler, they would be right there with Celtics at the bottom of the, you know, East playoffs. But see, it's even a funny thing with that. They had, didn't at one time it was felt. Yep. Jackson and Wallace. Yep. And Chandler or no? And Chandler. And so Chandler was hurt. Chandler was hurt a lot. Yeah. And I don't, that, that's, ugh. Yeah, man, if they had that four right now. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you this real quick. We got OKC Miami Bulls. Right. Is that, is that it? That's it? That's it. That's it? Yep. There's nothing. Nobody else. Dark Horse. Any on either side. Oh well, I think. I mean, I still think if Ginobili can be healthy, they have a good. They're right there with the Thunder. They, I think they could upset the Thunder if they have a healthy Ginobili. But I'm not certain at this point that they will have a healthy Ginobili this season. So yeah, that, that's why I leave them out. These San Antonio. If the Clippers. If the Clippers had gotten Jr. Smith. I would be a little bit more ready to, to ride with them. But I don't like – who's, who's the other two guard for them right now? Is it Foy? Uh, they, Foy and Mo Williams. See, I don't like that. Right. Well, <laughs> no, you know what? We got to talk about like them real quick. Uh, Maybe we'll end it on them. Because <laughs> the, the last two predictions we had were uh, the teams that were pretenders who were going to get their coaches fired. Oh, so yeah. Okay, we got that one. Huh? I picked the Knicks. And D'Antoni, Jeremy Lin kind of blew that out the water. Uh, you picked the Clippers with Del Negro. <laughs> yeah. they, they the Clippers never went on that bad period that could get him fired. Like they've kind of consistently been like winning six out of ten, six out of nine, all oh, year, that they never had that like lost eight out of twelve that I thought would get him fired. Chris Paul won't allow it. I thought they I thought they might hit some rough times on that. Uh, Grammy road trip but I mean they, Chris Paul hits the last second shot in Philly they still a game in Orlando now you talk about an ace and a, a, a trade to be made if you're a contender you have to don't you have to at least see what the price is for, for crazy Captain Jack no you're you're not. Not, if you're a contender I ain't talking about I'm talking about you right there. He's done. There's nothing he can provide to any NBA team. He's done. Oh, no. I figure my man, most of all people would have good words about the captain. He's done, man. He's, he's done, man. You, I mean, when you watch him play, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's done. Oh, uh, no, Not the captain. <laughs> I mean, what's a lockout? A lockout at the end of his career. Yeah, man. Per- I think Cap, too much purple drink, too much hanging with zero, and Gun B and them man, with a lockout, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cap- Captain is somebody who might really have the purple drink. But yeah, But I-, I just figured, man. I thought I would have Yeah, it's the end of an era. It is the end of an era. And no matter what he says about trying to enable his way to New Jersey or to the Nets with Darren Williams and Dwight Howard, I just can't see it. I can't see him ever being a contributor again. Alright, so real quick, I gotta ask something about the enemy. Is this the team? I asked you this in January. I'm gonna ask you again. Is this the Heat as is? Oh, yeah. Oh. The only moves they'll make is they may make it, they'll make a change for the 15th man, maybe, but that's it. No big trades. How you, How do you feel about them right now? I mean, obviously, they're feeling good. Is is I know your you, you, you love, Shane Battier, but how you how, is is the Mike Miller? He seems to be reborn a little bit. He's just healthy, that's all. You know, it's like it's amazing how well you can shoot the ball when both your thumbs work. So yeah, thumbs help. They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, to me, the next step for the Heat, like in order for the Heat to really be that team that people thought was gonna, you know, challenge every NBA team record and you know 33 wins in a row and uh, challenging the '96 Bulls and all of that. The next step is Chris Bosh has to combine the player he was when the way Wade was out, with the player he was when way Wade came back. And by that I mean when Wade was out, Bosh was he was shooting crazy, he was, you know, shooting almost 60% from the floor, scoring a lot of points. When Wade came back, he shifted his game to being a rebounder. Now he has he's got to combine that. He's got to shoot efficiently and rebound the ball. And if he does that. Then things get really interesting. Now we start talking about a historic squad. So we'll see if he can do that when he gets back from uh, his grandmother's funeral. Hey, all right, big shot, Ron. Any Any uh, any last thoughts for you? No, man. I I, I think now what's interesting now is going to be to see is is really in the east. I guess I'm looking to see. How much effort does it really take for the Bulls and the Heat to get to each other in the East is, is there any, Is there anybody who could make either of those series interesting? And, and what I'm looking for for the Bulls is another performer like they had against San Antonio. The Bulls have not played great against good teams. Well, I think, I think don't you think, I mean, well, I've chalked I've that up to injuries. Is it something more than that? I, I think you could chalk it up to injuries, but I think what you've seen is certain teams have matchups. Even even like Indiana and Philadelphia have capable matchups for certain people on the Bulls. The Bulls have struggled with the big guard, big forward on Derrick Rose. Indiana has gone to Paul George and Dante Jones. So what I'm looking for for the Bulls is you're going to see that again. The LeBron, the Paul Georges, the Eagle Dollars, the Dante Jones. You're going to see that strategy on Rose again. Before many, there are a few teams who can do it and those are the teams the Bulls have struggled against so to me it's how do they adjust to that strategy and it, I'll come back to it again is Carlos Boozer are going to be a, a no show when the games matter the most and I am still unconvinced when the games really matter and the spots when they really matter he's going to be there and I would love to be wrong but I need to be proven wrong okay okay that's interesting. That's interesting because see, I mean, the Heat don't take the Pacers and the Sixers seriously because they blow both of them teams out by twenty plus every time they play. <laughs> right, so, and I think, but that's because the Heat have. they're such a it's an athletic matchup for them. Like the Heat are the most one of the most athletic, the most athletic team in the league. Right. The Bulls have one great athlete. Right, they're not athletic. at Lou Aldane works hard, he's tough, he's long, but he's not a great athlete. Joe Kim know and Carlos Boozers are athletic guys up front, maybe not the best, but guys who can challenge their shots and will challenge them for boards. That's why they struggle with Indiana last couple of years. The the Grangers and Hibberts and David West and Georges and those guys will challenge you athletically, and that's something they have struggled with at times. Okay. <laughs> So that's to me what I'm looking for is this team in big spots. How do they react? Okay, what? it'll be interesting because I don't take the Pacers or the Sixers. I, I don't take the Pacers seriously. The Sixers, I give them some credit. But I don't get I don't give the Pacers any credit. So that'd be interesting to see. <laughs> All right, Big Shot Rob, we'll do it again next month or maybe at the end of the season. We'll do a little forecast for the playoffs. Sounds good, man. All right, enjoy your weekend.